for you to succeed as a leader, you're going to have to be very honest with yourself about how you're doing. And that just takes hard work for self-reflection. Welcome to the Be Epic podcast, brought to you by the Sam M. Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. I'm your host, Brent Williams. Together, we'll explore the dynamic landscape of business and uncover the strategies, insights, and stories that drive business today. Today, I have with me Austin Booth. Austin is director of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Austin, welcome to the Be Out Epic podcast. Well, thank you for that. It's really good to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited for you to to join us today as a someone who gets to live in Northwest Arkansas. And I grew up in the Arkansas Delta for the majority of my life. I've been able to experience outdoors in Arkansas and uh, it's a big part of the quality of life here. And I know you play a big role in that. We live in an incredibly uh, diverse state in Arkansas. You know, people uh, are very familiar with the size of Arkansas compared to the size of Texas. Um, and we have just as many diverse eco-regions in Arkansas as they do in uh, Texas. So that's that. That's one of the many reasons why we have the immense uh, treasures that we do in Arkansas and our natural resources. And it's an honor to be able to lead the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission as the state's conservation agency. Well, and I guess, you know, maybe kind of jumping right into uh, a little bit of what your agency does. We'll kind of, we'll kind of, uh, integrate that with your background, but from my viewpoint, you know, I see I see your agency as probably both growing and protecting those assets that Arkansas has. How do you think about that in your role? Yeah, so if you go back to our foundational mission, it is Amendment 35 to the Arkansas Constitution, which is to conserve fish, wildlife, their habitat, and then essentially bring that to the public. Now, I. I ask this uh, this kind of philosophic question all the time of what's the difference between preservation and conservation? And the difference between those two concepts is one, with preservation, you're just trying to guard, you're trying to protect, you're trying to keep things the status quo. With conservation, uh, the difference between preservation and conservation is this idea of of public use public trust in perpetuity. So if we were a preservation agency, uh, I would without hesitation say that the Arkansas game of fish is natural resources and we are here to protect them from everybody else. Uh, and that's not the case when it comes to conservation, which is what we do. We hold all of our natural resources in public trust for the enjoyment of the public. Um, as our name would suggest, that includes game species like ducks and deer, uh, critters that people like to chase and hunt. Uh, same on the uh, uh, aquatic side, too. But when you go to Amendment 35, it includes all species. So we are just uh, uh, as um, um, protective, uh, conservingly, of, of critters like the Ozark Hellbender. Um, and uh, some of the threatened and endangered species we have in Arkansas, just as much as we are the white-tailed deer, the black bear, you you know, the eastern turkey, the mallard duck, all of those kind of household names as well. Yeah, well, well, I'm interested in, I guess, how you found yourself in Arkansas, because I think 
here's the, you know, I think, I think your story, but would love for you to elaborate on it. Um, undergraduate in business and went to law school and you were in the Marine Corps, U.S. Marine Corps for eight years, uh, maybe a little more than that before coming to Arkansas. So maybe kind of tell us a little bit about where you grew up, that journey and what brought you yeah. to Arkansas. So I grew up in Lono County in a little town called Scott. Uh, dad was an outboard rotor mechanic and um, mom worked full time inside the home growing up. Uh, by nature of my parents' uh, hard work and sacrifice, I was the first person for my family to be able to go to college. Uh, and I, I say somewhat jokingly that one of the one of the greatest miracles in my life was that um, I was immature enough to know that, or sorry, I was immature enough to need to go to military school, but mature enough to recognize it. <laughs> um, so I left the state in 2004. Uh, after graduating from Catholic high school for boys and uh, went to the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, had a great four years at the Citadel and then after that went to law school at the University of South Carolina. And there was a uh, recruiter that came around um, to law school. And important context for this is I watched 9-11 happen in my, uh, in my sophomore homeroom classroom, then go to the Citadel a lot of my buddies were in either Iraq or Afghanistan. So when this recruiter came around to our law school in 2000, uh, 2008, uh, I walk in late uh, for the recruiting lunch, auditorium packed full of folks. And uh, as you would expect, one of the only seats open was on the front row. So I sit down on the front row, Marine Corps major up on the stage in uh, his dress blues. And he said, Raise your hand if uh, you think practicing law in Helmand Province, Afghanistan, sounds exciting. Um, and I just thought, man, that sounds incredible. So I raised my hand and I turned around thinking surely that there would be like 50 to 100 like-minded law students. And I was the only one. <laughs> um, and so the recruiter said, all right. I need to talk to you up here for everybody else that just came here for free lunch. We got Chick-fil-A in the back. Uh, that was uh, 2008. In 2010, I, I went to Officer Canada School, uh, accepted my commission, and then uh, hit the fleet in 2011. Um, had a, an incredible first four years in the Marine Corps where I mostly served as a criminal prosecutor. Um, and went to Afghanistan for a combat tour in 2015. Um, and because of the work we were doing over there at the time, had a lot of interaction with Congress. Uh, and then from there went to work in, in Washington, DC as a congressional appropriations liaison where I was responsible for advocating for a $14 billion slice of the Marine Corps budget. Um, during that time period, it was just incredible. I was a, a small town kid with blue collar roots from Lono County and got to see about 20, 21 countries in about 24 months. Um, so that was a incredible experience for me getting to see, uh, how government works overseas. And then came home in 2019 with my wife and three kids in, in tow where I became the chief of staff, uh, and the CFO for Arkansas department of veterans affairs. And then uh, people ask me how I got this job. Um, 
thinking there was some kind of convoluted, mysterious way that that happened. And they look at me in disbelief when I say that uh, um, I'm an old soul and I read the newspaper every day. And I read in the newspaper where the game infrastructure was retiring and they're going to hire a headhunter. So I Googled the headhunter. He had a link to the job on his website. And I, I sent in a one-page cover letter and a one-page resume, and we were off to the races. And uh, I uh, I took over, let's see, today's the seventh, a, a year and six days, sorry, two years and six days ago. Congrats on, uh, on being in the role for a couple of years. And, you know, a lesson to our students out there, always be on the watch out for the opportunity. You never know what's coming. That's exactly right. Well, and I think, you know, the, I know clearly you have, uh, you know, a team uh, underneath you and a team out in the field throughout Arkansas. And then I think if I understand the structure right, uh, you have a set of commissioners that represent um, our state. And so maybe kind of explain to us how the, how the whole structure and agency works. Yeah. So we are, we manage roughly 3.8 million acres uh, throughout the state. We manage those for wildlife and for fish. And then in addition to the acreage, we also have 96,000 miles of rivers and streams. So um, it comes as no surprise then with that, um, with that understanding that uh, we have roughly 650 employees uh, that are present in all 75 counties. The way we administer conservation, both um, on the natural resources side and the people side, is we have a wildlife management division that is uh, responsible for the majority of that 3.8 million acres that manage public lands. We also have a fisheries division that manages the public waters and our fish hatchery system, which uh, produces anywhere from from 12 to 14 million fish every year. we also have our enforcement division, which has uh, 180 game wardens throughout Arkansas and all 75 counties. Uh, we have a private lands division, which is responsible for working with private landowners to help them meet their conservation goals. Uh, and um, in a couple of weeks, we'll have a recreational shooting division, which is really aimed at, at increasing public access to, to public shooting. Uh, and really driving that nexus between conservation and uh, recreational shooting to more communities throughout Arkansas. And then the last major division that we have is our education division. Uh, Northwest Arkansas is home to our John L. Hunt Ozark Highlands Nature Center, which is a tremendous place, but we have nature centers throughout the state and educators in every single county that help educate all our Kansans, but especially that next generation of outdoorsmen, just what's under our feet here in Arkansas. You know, one thing, the one way that you and I got connected was, was around leadership development. And, um, you know, not, not too long ago, uh, you were connecting with the Walton College on developing leadership programming for, for your team through, uh, through Walton College Executive Education. But I know in, in kind of getting to know you a little bit, leadership and leadership development is something you're passionate about. And so kind of where does that come from? How does that maybe connect in, I assume, probably to your time uh, in the Marine Corps? Sure. Well, I would say it comes from two motivations. Um, and I probably should have said this at the beginning, but I don't want any of our listeners uh, to think that I'm a Gamecock fan. Um 
uh, I am I am forever a Razorback, even though I don't have a diploma from 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 there. And so from that perspective, uh, Sam Pittman's not the only one uh, focused on his depth chart. <laughs> and uh, Arkansas Game of Fish is an outstanding place to work. And oftentimes, what that means is that we have bands of employees that have been here for a really long time that from a succession or an attrition uh, perspective is a challenge for us as an agency. So from day one, I have I have really tried to get the agency to focus on how do we build a bench, all right? Not bench by necessity, but how, but how do we build a bench of actual leaders that we want and, and that will be what Arkansas deserves? Um, so that's the first motivation is where does the future of this agency look look like for what we can deliver back to the people of Arkansas. The second motivation um, is leadership is just branded all over me um, from my time in the Marine Corps. Uh, I wanted to enlist out of high school, uh, given 9-11 and the tremendous impact that had on me. Uh, Mom and dad said, no, 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 no. You'll always be able to enlist. Why don't we give this college thing a try? Um, So I ended up taking a commission in the Marine Corps. And one of the things uh, that really set the Marine Corps apart from my mind when I when I was trying to decide what service I wanted to join uh, was that in the Marine Corps, it doesn't matter whether you're a pilot, an infantry officer, a lawyer, an artillery officer, fill in the blank, whatever job you have in the Marine Corps, your fundamental responsibility is you're an officer of Marines. Uh, and, and, and that really resonated with me even as a, you know, 21 year old, um, and the Marine Corps really prides itself on building quality leaders. Now, I, I'm not tooting my own horn. I can assure anyone listening that I have learned much more from my failures than I have my successes, but it didn't matter whether I was in the courtroom uh, advising commanders on Capitol Hill or even in combat, one of the things that I, I learned very quickly is, is that an institution is only as good and healthy and productive as its leadership. Not as supervisors, right? We supervise processes, but we lead people. And um, I'm always thinking about leadership and whether we're delivering as, as much as we need to not just to outcomes, not just to processes, but are we really delivering the best possible thing that we can people? Well, and maybe, you know, you, you mentioned your both successes and failures, and often we learn from both. There's no doubt. And sharing those actually uh, can be some of the greatest ways to help develop leaders in our organizations. Uh, you know, one of the questions that always comes to mind when I get to talk to leaders is, you know, um, what's what's uh, one of the biggest lessons learned for you thus far and one that you really try to share, not only with your organization, but with others? Yeah, um, I think that I will have to go back to a quote by General James Mattis. Um, I had I had the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with then Secretary Mattis, uh, when he was Secretary of Defense, uh, and he always said that the number one challenge facing young leaders is the uh, the lack of time that they make for self-reflection. Um, I have a, a, a leadership flaw that I'm working on right now um, where 
I don't like books on leadership. Um, um, I'm trying to grow beyond that. Uh, but for, for, for years, um, my preferred source of reading is biographies where I can, uh, uh, learn from other people's mistakes and from other people's successes and then really reflect on, on what it is that went wrong or went right within their lives and the things that I can try to emulate. Um, but you can read all the books that you want to, uh, you, you can fail, you can try out, but that time for self-reflection is especially important for young people. And it's incredibly hard for young people too, because they feel all these external demand signals of how should be spending their, their time. So that was one way that I did not do well when I was a young leader is just making that time for self-reflection. And I try every way that I possibly can to beat that into people's head here is, uh, for you to succeed as a leader, you're here going to have to be very honest with yourself about how you're doing. And that just takes hard work for self-reflection. Well, what, what great advice, not only for, for our students, but, uh, people developing their careers and, and beyond, well, maybe, maybe switching gears just a little bit. Um, I wanted to talk about outdoor recreation in our state and how it maybe connects to economic development and, and even how employers can be thinking about how they leverage the wonderful assets that, that we have in Arkansas. Um, as you, you know, are, are quite aware of, I'm sure, uh, Governor Sanders in our state has made outdoor recreation a, a high priority uh, in her administration. And, you know, so just as you as you've been in the role for a couple of years, how are you able to see the Game and Fish Commission and the use of these assets throughout our state really starting to continue to lead toward economic development? Yeah. So if you look at the Arkansas Game and Fish budget um, and Marines are known for many things and math is not one of them, but this is math that's simple enough that a Marine can do. If you just look at how much, uh, what our budget is compared to how much land we, we manage, uh, we manage 3.8 million acres, uh, for $25 an acre. All right. That is an incredible value. All right. That excluding education costs. If you just made the assumption that 100% of our budget was for, um, land and, and water conservation. $25 an acre, right? So for decades, Arkansas Game and Fish has been a, what what I would describe as a value company, all right? That's something that we're proud of and that Arkansans should be very proud of, all right? What have we gotten for that value? Um, we estimate that the outdoor recreation economy in Arkansas is roughly $9.6 billion, all right? Um, tourism is um, our second industry behind ag. And if you look at the outdoor rec numbers compared to tourism, we can say with a high level of confidence that the large majority of that tourism is flowing from that outdoor recreation economy. All right, let's take that one step further. If you break down the outdoor recreation economic impact um, into segments, the number one outdoor recreation segment that we have in Arkansas is fishing. The, the number three uh, is hunting number two is rving 
Um, and what we don't know, but what I would love to know is how many of that of those people in the RV category are pulling their RV behind them so that they can hunt or fish, do one of those number one or number three activities. So um, in terms of economic return on the $25 per acre cost, uh, it is just tremendous what the Arkansas Gaming Fish Commission is able to support from a value perspective. Now, coming more towards uh, the governor's incredible vision for outdoor recreation in Arkansas and how we elevate that. For two years now, the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission has 100% been in a growth phase where we're trying to pivot from becoming a value company that we've always been uh, proud of more to something analogous to a growth company where we are massively trying to reinvest in the infrastructure and in the conservation practices that we have now that have secured Arkansas as one of the best, fastest growing deer herds, world around trout fishing, world around duck hunting. How do we how do we keep that, reinvest for the next generation, but also diversify outdoor recreation as Arkansas Game and Fish knows it into a more diverse set of pursuits? And basically what that looks like from our perspective is more emphasis on recreational shooting, which is one of the fastest outdoor recreation uh, uh, pursuits in the country. Um, more emphasis around river trails, um, paddle sports, and then opening up our wildlife management areas uh, to more 21st century pursuits, such as uh, you know gravel bike riding, wildlife watching, uh, hut to hut concepts, um, and we're, we're we are trying to do those things in tandem with reinvestment. Uh, which is a lot of work and very tricky to pull off, but I'm really proud of the progress that we've made in two years. Well, thank you uh, for for moving our state forward in that way and continue to invest in in those uh, in those assets that we all know about. You know, like you said, the world class fishing and duck hunting and deer hunting, uh, but also diversifying it so that everyone uh, can can enjoy the outdoors. And I'm sure that's a, an important focus for you. Yes, it is. You know, um, we have a wildlife management area in South Arkansas called Barrel Anthony Wildlife Management Area. It's an incredible place. We're happy to add roughly 500 acres to it in uh, fiscal year 22. And um, we had a gentleman from the state of Alaska who drove from Alaska to Arkansas to Barrel Anthony Wildlife Management Area uh, to see a rare bird that we're proud to have down in South Arkansas. He spent a couple of days out on the wildlife management area. He saw the bird. He turned and drove back. Um, and so Arkansas's natural resources are just incredible. As someone that lived here uh, until I was 18 and then moved away for 15 years, I don't think I'm, I'm going to hurt anybody's feelings when I say we take them for granted. But we have national national treasure here. And in the longest term, we're trying to answer that question of, how do we open this up to more people in a way that that best serves Arkansas, but also doesn't uh, disenfranchise the people that we have now? Yeah, totally makes sense. Well, I was really glad to hear that you're Razorback at heart. Uh, yes. And uh, and so I think maybe the way we'll close is, you know, when you think about this, our students uh, at the Walton College and the University of Arkansas, uh, the point that you're at in your career, clearly doing something you're passionate about and love. Um, 
what advice uh, would you would you share with students about how they pursue you know their own passions and and make a real impact in uh, in the fields that they want to make an impact in? Yeah. Well, um, I would just point to my own resume and say that if someone that didn't know me looked at my resume, they would they would probably rightfully think this guy has no idea what he wants to do when he grows up. Uh, I mean, everywhere from uh, a criminal courtroom to combat to Washington, D.C., to veterans to now to now Game and Fish. Um, and I can I would just offer this encouragement to any students out there um, that despite what might be the perception of aimlessness or lack of continuity in in any one area, I have had a remarkable, remarkable professional career, just over 12 years, uh, and it's deeply, deeply rewarding. Um, and so my advice to them would be to find something that they're passionate about and do the best possible job they can at it. And if a door opens that seems to be outside of what someone may say about, well, this is what your background says, or you have a uh, experience doing this, just walk through that door and fight like crazy. And uh, if the Lord closes the door, then keep your nose down and keep doing the best possible job that you possibly can. In addition to that, um, and probably no surprise to anybody, uh, I, I would say be the best subject matter expert that you can, but never, ever neglect how you are as a leader. Uh, read as much as you uh, read as much as you possibly can. And then thirdly, get a mentor. Um, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a huge advocate that, that it doesn't matter how old you are, uh, having a mentor to, to tell you what you're doing right, what you're not doing wrong, learn from their failures. That mentor role is just critical. And I think it's something that that's heavily undervalued in 2023. Well, Austin, I agree with, with those points, you know, from, you know, the basics of working hard um, and doing your absolute best in whatever position role you're in uh, to, you know, saying yes, sometimes, you know, to, uh, to a potential role that may not seem like it fits or, you know, may seem like it has some risk in your career. I mean, the value in being able to move across different uh, parts of an organization or different organizations is hard to understate. And then uh, I hear mentor over and over, you know, as I talk to leaders throughout our state and, and beyond as uh, something that's been really important in their lives. So thank you for sharing uh, those three points with our students. I couldn't agree more. And Thank you for what you're doing uh, as director of the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. And I uh, really appreciate you sharing your insights and your thoughts and your wisdom with us today. Well, thank you for having me. Um, and I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. On behalf of the Walton College, thank you for joining us for this captivating conversation. To stay connected and never miss an episode, simply search for Be Epic on your preferred podcast service.